G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As you know, we like to keep up to date with developments in nations around the world. An update today on developments in Indonesia, one of our nearest neighbours to the north. David works with Pioneers Australia in Indonesia. He's serving with Better Learning, Brighter Lives, aiming to transform communities in Indonesia, training and mentoring teachers. Teachers in schools paying particular attention to schools in impoverished and remote areas. David, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Very good to catch up with you again. Dave, let me just touch on something personal before we get into any sort of updates around what's going on so far as COVID and other issues in Indonesia. I know that as you're serving there with your wife, Enti, in Indonesia, you were unable to get to your dad's funeral, which was held in Australia just recently. I wonder if you can share a thought or two as to how you were feeling about not being able to get home. Yes, well, <laughs> devastated. Um my father died suddenly, and so there was the big scramble to uh, get our documents all in order and uh, fulfil all of the COVID protocols and work out how long we'd have to quarantine at home and in Melbourne and things like that. And just about 24 hours before we flew, we were tested positive for COVID. So uh, without any serious symptoms uh, that developed a few days later, that um, yeah, it was it was it was really hard, but amazingly, technology allowed us to still attend the funeral online, and we were very, very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really tough when you're serving um, a long way away from your family, and something like this happens. It uh, it really brings the cost back back home to you or to the to the front of your mind for sure. You remind us of the sacrifices that you make when you serve the way that you do, and uh, no doubt listeners might keep you in their prayers. Hey, there's lots of things in the headlines. Uh, Ukraine uh, here in Australia, of course, you know, dominates the headlines as to the developments with Russia's invasion, uh, but you don't hear anything much of it in Indonesia. What would the reason for that be, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's in the news. There's a few, you know, pictures of tanks and things like that, but not a lot of political discussion. Um, essentially, Ukraine is seen as a Christian country. If there are conflicts in the Middle East uh, or uh, up until recently Afghanistan, yes, lo- lots of lots of news, lots of political commentary about those um, issues, but it's not really on the radar for Indonesians in regard to Ukraine. Let's touch on COVID, the Omicron wave. And uh, you mentioned that you yourself tested positive uh, just around that time of your dad's funeral. How significant has it been with developments with uh, the, with COVID of recent times? The country's kind of finding its, its seasons, I guess, with with COVID. Um, the, last, the last two years, the Christmas, New Year holiday season has seen 
uh, spikes in COVID and also the Chinese New Year, which was around the end of January. Um, and then coming up in April, May, we've got um, the Islamic uh, Ramadan season. And last year there were spikes there as well. Um, last August was terrible for Indonesia. There were 40,000 cases a day and around 1,700 deaths a day. And that, that went on for several weeks, many weeks actually. Uh, currently, we, st- we have 40,000 cases a day again, uh, this time with Omicron, but we don't have 1,700 deaths a day. We only have around 300 deaths a day. Um, now, on a national scale, um, that does not make COVID anywhere near the, the highest um, reason for dying. Uh, stroke, heart disease and diabetes still account for many, many more people um, each year. So it's, it's a lot uh, more, yeah, toned down, not as, not as urgent um, as, it, as it was um, last August. A lot of people are, well, we know dozens and dozens of, of friends and others who have or have had COVID, uh, but we're not seeing so many deaths this time, which is, yeah, fortunate. How about the anxiety levels in people that you're working with? And you're working with uh, lower socioeconomic communities and uh, you're into teacher training and perhaps not the same way we think of it here as in Australia, but uh, you're working with all sorts of people. Are they anxious about COVID or is that is, is the season of that uh, passing by? Yeah, I'm, I'm appreciating more and more or, or to a new level how resilient Indonesian teachers are and Indonesians in general. Um, well, what, what you need to realise, Neil, is Australia has a population of 25 million. East Java, the province we're in, has a population of 30 million. And so the regulations, even just within, within our province, the regulations have a way of kind of being broken down just because of the sheer numbers of people. So going to the shopping centre, there's QR codes, but it's not consistently applied. You have to wash your hands with water, but it's not consistently <laughs> applied again. Um, so things kind of break down into a more manageable way. Um, having said that, there are regulations, and at the moment schools are back online uh, for two weeks because of a, a recent outbreak again of Omicron. So teachers are having to adapt once again to going back to online uh, and then there'll be hybrid schooling coming back in again where, uh, say, half the students attend um, at a time, but students themselves are really only going to school for a few hours, maybe two or three days a week. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really tough on teachers, and it's been like this for two years. Um, the, the lockdowns for schools have been fairly tight for the entire two years. That's really tough. Uh, those lockdowns and the difficulties that you've had keeping that momentum in your own teacher training, is that starting to settle a little bit now? <laughs> settle into uh, online um, disconnection, I guess. <laughs> um, we're, we're basically helping them to, to survive, to, to manage. Um, you see, if, if you can just picture a... a a school classroom that used to have 
uh, 20, maybe even 30 students in it. Um, and all the desks are fairly close together, but the, we would train the teachers to not stand up the front, but actually go around and ask questions that could be whole class questions or group questions or individuals questions, and really refining all of those strategies as the teacher uh, works their way through the group of students. Well, now with hybrid learning, when it comes back in, there will only be, say, 10 or 15 students in a classroom, all separated in their individual desks, and the teacher will have their spot at the front. So we've kind of gone back to what we were trying to change. And so it's going to be a, a long journey back to a, a transformative uh, model. No doubt you're going to be consistent and just keep chipping away and honour to you for that. You're involved in a whole bunch of good work where you are there in East Java, including microfinancing and you're helping some pastors on the ground. How is that all going? Yes, that's running along quite well. Uh, We've got 10 people in central Java who now run small businesses, uh, selling things from their home or uh, cooking food and selling food from the back of their motorbike, that kind of thing. And the setup costs uh, we were able to help with, and they're paying it back over two years. So it's not a, a large monthly repayment. And then as that money is coming in, we're, we're planning uh, future microfinancing businesses for other people. Uh, we've also been supporting 40 pastors. These are, are pastors in small rural churches that uh, definitely could not go online. They don't have the technology, their congregations don't have the capacity to follow online or the technology to do that. Um, And so by supporting them, they don't have to resign from being a pastor. They don't have to go and take full-time work somewhere else. And they're starting to come out of the the hardest or the harshest uh, part of this economically. So that's a good thing too. I know you're doing great work amongst your community there and I'm going to give a way that listeners might be able to support you and uh, become a friend to the uh, sorts of work that you're doing there in Indonesia. It's not just amongst uh, those pastors and helping via that microfinancing but also into prisons. What are you doing in prisons now? Uh, Currently not much. (laughs) Currently I'm applying, continually applying to uh, get in but... Uh, the prison has been locked away from the public, from visitors, uh, for two years. It's been really, really tough. Uh, we used to teach English and just get alongside um, the prisoners. I used to play tennis with one of the prisoners on death row, actually. Um, his name is Marcus, and his father, Reuben, have been in prison for 15 years, um, charged with, or convicted of multiple murders. And actually, they still profess their innocence and other people, three other people have been convicted of the same murders, but they still haven't been released. And there's a human rights organisation taking their case to the highest levels of government. But please do be praying for Ruben and Marcus. They've been sent to Execution Island along with um, what I believe is all death row prisoners in Indonesia have been now sent there. Um, I'm sure they're still um, serving and ministering to everyone in their new community. 
but yeah, please do pray for Ruben and Mark uh, with their human rights case or campaign that's that's going on. Well, uh, that's amazing that you're working there alongside Reuben and Marcus uh, in that circumstance and all the good work that you and your wife Enti are doing, David, a special honour to you. Uh, let me just point listeners as to how they might be able to connect with you. And uh, while I'm not using a surname, listeners will know that it's not always uh, appropriate to. Uh, David and Enti are working with Pioneers Australia in Indonesia David serving with Better Learning, Brighter Lives, aiming to transform communities in Indonesia, training and mentoring teachers in schools, paying particular attention to schools in impoverished and remote areas. Uh, For listeners who might want to connect or support in some way the good work that Dave and Enti are doing, you can find a way to give at the Pioneers website, pioneers.org.au. Now, it gets a little more complicated here. So pioneers.org.au forward slash projects forward slash better learning brighter lives. You can also send an email to Dave and Enti at info at pioneers.org.au. And there is a free call number for Pioneers as well. The free call number is 1-800-787889. Uh, David, wonderful getting some insights. Thanks so much for sharing your heart uh, with us today on 2020. Uh, thank you, Neil. I hope the next time we can report that we're back into school and actually uh, transforming people face-to-face. So great to chat to you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.